combined travel checklist of 130 countries and counting. This is me, Heidi. And me, Andrea, ready to whisk you around the world and fill in those gaps in your maps. In this episode, we'll be talking to another tip-top travel expert and getting into the groove with the top five guide to the world's best musical destinations. And I'll be hoping you hit the wrong note with this episode's Where in the World, Heidi. Three clues lead to one destination, but will I have you fooled at last? Uh, Probably not. No, you're very good at this. Thank you. Okay, are you ready? Three clues and you have to guess the location of where I am in the world. And don't look at my notes because you've done that in the past. Because you're like, they're right in my face. (laughs) Put them away. I bet you had some wee girl sat beside you in school and copied all your answers and did well in exams. I'm going to try and hold it up so you can't see it. Right. Right. First clue, there are more sheep than people in this place. In fact, with 70,000 sheep, there are 20,000 more sheep than there are people. Well, you always hear that about New Zealand, but I don't know if you'd pick a giant country as your destination. So, I'll, I'll, I might. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> clue two. Okay, two clue, two clue, <laughs> clue two. The prime minister's phone number is in the phone book. Well, aren't all prime ministers' phone numbers in the phone book? No, I don't think so. Oh, it was private number. Yes, or her, so, or, rather or than, Jacinta's, or rather than the Parliament. You're trying to pull the wool over my eyes, aren't you? <laughs> right, go on. Clue three. Clue three. This place is home to the oldest existing Parliament in the world, which first met in the year eight hundred and twenty-five. God. You look very animated there. I thought you knew it. No. I think if you know this place, you will know that fact about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say something. Oh, no, just my laptop was worrying. Okay, you right. Know, so that was putting me off a bit. Um, I'm going to guess the Isle of Man because of tin walls and that's an old parliament. Oh, oh. Don't, you can't. You've oh, said that now. Oh, I think hold, I know what it is now. Hold no. it, hold oh, it. Because this is the same place we always talk about. Do we? It's not the Isle of Man. Is this the Isle of Man? It might be. Mm, I think it's... I, well, okay, I think I know what it is. Well, hold off. Right, we'll find the answer out at the end of the show. Iceland. <laughs> Andrea, you are always off gallivanting. And I know this is a travel podcast, but really you're the only one of the two of us who does actual travel at the minute. But you do sometimes. You just... Local. Haven't done much recently. Haven't been off the island in quite some time, but I've got big plans. But anyway, so back to you. Tell us where you've been lately and what it's been like. Well, I've just been to Scotland, which is, I know, which isn't all that far from Northern Ireland. Obviously, we went on a ferry. We took the car. But when we were there, we stayed in a castle. I saw the photographs and it did look exceptional. What's the name of it? It's called Glen App. Glen App? Yes. As in an app? Yeah. It, it sort of probably invented apps in 1875. <laughs> it's the origins of the app. <laughs> it was Love the it. world's first app. <laughs> Go Scots, eh? But it was, it's not really a castle castle. It's called a castle, but it was built in like 1870, something like that. It's more like a stately home. It was very nice, obviously. It's bigger than my house and was rather lovely. What's the difference between a castle and a stately home? Well, I don't a turret. know. Has it, did it have a turret? Did it have a turret? I think it might have done. What makes a castle? Because you know when different countries, like 
a village has a definition and a city must have a cathedral in the UK. So what makes Alleg- a castle? Well, I don't know if that's strictly true these days. Because okay. they're, they're throwing out those city statuses yeah. like sweeties. Right. Anyway, but yeah, what makes a castle a castle? I would say turrets and ramparts and maybe a draw. Did it have a drawbridge and a moat? Oh, that'd be lovely. The, was, this, was, there, this... was, there, was there like a, um, a knight, shining armour knight sort of? Not person inside it unless you, you got inside it. <laughs> that. No, there wasn't anything like that, no. Oh. Have you ever stayed in a castle? I've stayed in several castles yes I have Markery Castle where's that which is in Ireland okay Uh, stayed there in County in County Sligo and it was a bit threadbare a bit moth-eaten but it was cheap but right. it's still a big old castle that's the thing I mean if you own a big castle or a stately home yeah. and you need to make money because obviously it's cost it's cost a clean fortune to maintain you can't allow the, the oaks and the yeah. unwashed in everybody wants to stay in a castle though don't they they do and Ireland's yeah. got loads of castles so castles overseas I mean, I've been and visited castles but what about stay- Disneyland Castle well, I've been in it yeah it. That's, seen that's, it that's only a new build Andrea but what about the castle it's based oh, on I isn't see. it in Bavaria yeah 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 no I haven't been to that or or Vlad the Impaler's one in Romania I've been to that that. Tell us about that then. Uh, well, it's not as scary as you think. It's it's supposed to be the inspiration for Dracula's castle, and I think it was home to Vlad the Impaler. Or I just said that. Okay. No, I, I hear sh- it's not. I hear that's all made up, and it's a different castle. Well, the one that we went to in Romania, which is meant to be where, and I think it's basically called Dracula's Castle, but it's not really like a. It's not scary. It's not gothic and scary, and there's no vampires, but loads and loads of people go to it, and it's definitely worth seeing because I really like Romania. Yeah, I think you know I like to explore and learn about different countries that are a wee bit off the beaten path um, yeah and you want to talk about disneyland castle well no, it's, the just, actual, it's no, probably you mean the, one based... the world's most famous castle oh interesting is it though i tell you where i did stay in a castle and it was absolutely delightful it was for my um 10th wedding anniversary so mm-hmm. thank you very much to my husband actually he did this is one thing he's done once well one time he bought me flowers from tesco's and i actually wept with surprise and joy <laughs> but the second other thing he did was we he took port marion stayed in the castle there port marion in wales which is the italianite Italianate village, purpose-built and designed by Clough Williams Ellis. Yes, and it was made so famous quirky. in the UK in the 60s by a programme called The Prisoner, and yes. it was filmed there. So it's very, it's just like a, it's really a village in its own right, with lots yeah. and lots of different buildings, and it's very unusual it's for mul- being in Wales. It's multicoloured, purpose-built. It's almost like a set, but you can stay there. They have a lovely hotel that you can stay in, but the castle is a, a buggy. We should got like a golf buggy. You would mm, take us back and forward because nice, we'd have a dinner in the, the hotel and but I always felt it was Bob Hope there I was at Bob Hope the four of us and the family all went the kids and we stayed in the castle and you could sit stand outside and look overlook the grounds from your turret amazing Rapunzel like and did you let down your hair I just stood a wee you know just, did you stand at the turret did you stand yeah. at the balcony yeah yeah waved to literally waved. nobody yeah <laughs> but it was it was quite the delight I did enjoy that so Great. if you get the chance to stay in a castle what you're saying stay in is, a castle stay in a castle well I think it's time to raise the drawbridge on that conversation let's move on to our top five. Oh yes let's I have for your 
delectation and delight, Andrea, pulled out five destinations that span as much of our musical globe as possible. Uh, in a trips to discover.com, 20 of the best vacay destinations for music lovers. So are you ready to put another dime in the jukebox, baby? Well, I love rock and roll and I love travel, so let's go. I have to say, though, before we start our musical journey, there are a few glaring omissions. There's nothing about K-pop or J-pop or any of those. So I think, you know, give this another six months and it will have evolved. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll we'll move on because we're a certain age. This is uh, top 20 from a website. Yeah, but I've picked out five to give it more of a... Okay, and there's no J-pop or K-pop. Number five is Ireland's Wild West. And what they have said about this part of the world is the wild and remote west coast of Ireland is where you want to be to immerse yourself in the powerful music tradition interwoven into the fabric of day-to-day life. Many children still learn traditional music on instruments like the fiddle, boron and ulian pipes and perform at trad music festivals. So you can go to Galway and enjoy it any time of the day or night but if you go to small villages like Doolan in County Clare, which is considered the capital of Irish trad music, you can really immerse yourself in pubs such as McDermott's and Gus O'Connor's. First of all, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of Ed Sheeran's Galway Girl. Oh, no. So we'll gloss over that. Oh, we'll never get him as a guest on the podcast That's, now. I'm all right with that. Okay. Well, we've both been to Ireland's Wild West. Do you like a bit of deedle dee trad music? Well, yeah, but also, I mean, it's a big draw for people coming all massive, over the world. Massive we'll draw. go and especially sort of Donegal, as you say, the West Coast, that type of area. You'll go into a pub, there'll be a session, somebody will be the, playing. They'll be wearing really heavy iron jumpers. Heavy iron <laughs> jumpers. Central casting. It really is part of the reason. I think like if a visitor came over to Ireland and was expecting the whole traditional Irish thing, they would be disappointed if they didn't get that. So yeah, I do agree with that, that it's probably one of the most musical countries in the world. Yeah, it says that in this this website. It does say that about Ireland, but actually if you really want to immerse yourself in the real deal, head west, young man. It doesn't mention the musical genre known as country and Irish. Irish country music? Yeah, a sort of American-themed country music, but with an Irish twist. So with songs about potatoes and tractors <laughs> rather than whiskey and Cadillacs. Do you do you want to sing any of it? No, I don't. What about Horse in the Assembly? You're the girl for me. You're the onions in my burger. You're the sugar in my tea. You're the finest looking filly that I ever did see. So Horse in the Cynthia. You're the girl for me. You. Yay! I thought you were going to join in. I can't sing. Fine, then stop me. But I, exactly. Number four is our old friend Havana, yeah. Cuba. Uh, it says uh, many Americans became familiar with Cuban music via 1999's Buena Vista Social Club film. And today many visitors experience pre-revolutionary sun-style music, a prototype of salsa, or salsa, along with Latin jazz, timba and rumba heard in the streets and bars. One of the best places to watch the musicians is Salon Rosado in Mariano Mar- in Mariano <laughs> <laughs> where? Mari- Mariano so we'll just leave that there when you can listen to amazing Saturday night tunes from a balcony overlooking a sea of dancers oh, very nice. so it is a very much a a cliche classic yeah. scene and of course I have been to Havana. You have mentioned previously that you've been to Havana. Did you see any of that type of music or yeah, dancing? but I tell you what, like I was travelling around for three and a half, four weeks. On occasion, picked up a... Uh, ha- 
hijacker. What do you call it? <laughs> a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker. Because in Havana or in Cubic, people don't have cars. And whenever you see somebody at the side of the street hitching a ride, you, you should Now, some should people have cars. We don't like... No, but more people don't... letters from... Havanians. Do you think this is big in Havana, this <laughs> podcast? Well, who knows? It will uh, be now you've dissed the entire country. Yes, thank you. Uh, we picked up a tourist who was an American guy. Mm. And he had an Alanis Morissette CD. And I was never so grateful to stick that in <laughs> the old the player. first time ever anybody's been that grateful isn't to hear Alanis I- Morissette. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> just got thought that one top of my head. Number three, Berlin, Germany, as opposed to any other Berlin. Berlin has a renowned reputation for decadence, this website says. Uh, but it's also been in the spotlight for years for its pulsating house music. If you want to experience something other than the city's famous techno or experimental music, Head to white trash fast food and it appeals apparently to the rock and roll crowd with everything from garage and punk as well as guitar based blues in the style of the strokes and the white stripes. Berlin, Andrea. I think this this might be quite an old list because oh. it references the strokes and the white stripes. But it's, it also references which, 50s retro, which is old. I suppose. Berlin is amazing because obviously it used to be divided into East Germany and West Germany. So in many respects, it has two different centres. And certainly anytime I've been there, I felt the vibe in East Berlin was definitely hipper and a bit more boho. Yeah, I, I, I agree and even places to eat yeah. and stay it's more gritty and yeah. authentic and yet yeah, not touched by the wand of the west yeah it's not as upmarket or gentrified yeah. sort of as a whole and that's where hipsters and yeah. rock, rocker groovy music types will naturally gravitate so it makes sense that that will be in this top five on trips to discover.com which apparently is from dated from 1986 or something <laughs> according to Andrea I'm trying to figure out I mean like the internet had been invented when they did this okay well uh, we I'm hope. sticking I'm sticking with and I'm right. going to start a hook about looking for a new list now okay so where are we now we're at the, number two the runner-up city is Liverpool mm. England often called the world capital of pop Liverpool offers a lot more than the Beatles it says here with the Liverpool International Music Festival and International Beatle Week well I can't offer more than the Beatles <laughs> if you're just referencing Beatle Week <laughs> well I did mention the music festival okay and it's international it also says as we know countless Beatles fans arrive here to experience the birthplace of the legendary English pop band if you're one of them take a Beatles Fab Four taxi tour which includes stops at their former homes Strawberry Field and Eleanor Rigby's gravesite yeah I've been through Liverpool but I really do want to do one of those Beatles tours what? Have you never been and stayed in Liverpool? I've I've got off the ferry yeah. and driven through Liverpool, but haven't actually like had a weekend or a few days there. That's definitely yeah. a, a gaping omission in your gap. It's a Isn't gap in your it? map. It is a gap in my That's map. What it is. I'll have to fill that in. Get your get you yeah. to Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool is. I've been there a couple of times, and once was to see a gig. Well, it was the Pet Shop Boys actually. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to the Cavern Club, which isn't the original, but it's all done up and it's. It's a, dog. <laughs> it's a dog in the distance. Is that Minnie's? What's Minnie's considered opinion? 
Man, age one, and she doesn't just speak to her agent first. Okay, work out we film. probably can't afford her. We can't afford her. Uh, so yeah, and we did just walked around and everywhere, every turn, it's got Beatles yeah. here, there, and everywhere statues. Is that a Beatles the song here, there, it's and everywhere? Page, and we just start singing again. <laughs> I think it is. Is it? Yeah. You sing it. I don't. I can't sing. We haven't got the license. We haven't got the license. We don't have the copyright. I could do Horse at India. Yeah, again, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> okay, we'll leave don't. that. We'll leave that. Are you ready for the numero uno? This better be good it is seattle okay washington wouldn't have you wouldn't, wouldn't have, have thought, that. thought that isn't that funny well yeah. according to trips to discover.com it is the number one vacation destination for music lovers and of course it is the birthplace of grunge which was spawned in the early 90s today city they say has a permanent exhibit devoted to nirvana at the emp that's experience music project museum and it also features exhibits on Jimi hendrix which I've written as Jim Hendrix. <laughs> That's before he got cool. Uh, and the evolution of music videos. And the SeaTac Airport, which is their international airport, hosts a sub-pop record store, which was the famous record label um, that founded or discovered Nirvana and accredited for launching the movement and st- is still based in Seattle to this day. During your stay in Seattle, it says, get a glimpse of the live music scene at great venues like the Showbox, Cafe Racer and Columbia City Theatre. I feel like at this point, Andrew, you're going to say, God, they closed years ago. I have been to Seattle, but I think that museum has changed its name Ooh. and it's now called the Museum of Pop Culture, well, that, known that as Mopop. Since uh, probably about five years ago. Making so me look a complete fool. I do think this list oh, might be quite old. That yes. is a Museum of Pop Culture. Yeah, an amazing building designed by Frank Gary, Frank uh-huh, Gary, uh-huh. who also designed the Guggenheim yeah. in Bilbao in Spain. So yeah, very, very interesting. Obviously, loads about Nirvana, loads about Jimi Hendrix. There's a statue of Jimi Hendrix in an area called Capitol Hill. And he's sort of down on his knees playing his guitar oh, in the good. statue. It doesn't really look very much like him. I don't think statues ever do. Really, we talked do about that. this in a previous episode. It's like an old Christian, Madame Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Do so what do we think about that top five? And what do we think about Seattle? I think it's been completely discredited as a top five in 2022. I think you should do your research do a research. bit more. I just, I thought that had better legs than that. <laughs> Sorry. You can do the next one, a okay? Bit like yourself. <laughs> oh, because I do have good legs? Yes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Welcome to In Your Pocket Air, where you never know who's going to rock up at the VIP departure lounge. And joining us in the polite queue for Japanese crackers and a glass of mimosa is no less than Poland In Your Pocket editor-in-chief Garrett Van Reed. What do you think of our VIP lounge's vibe? Well, I love it. I love the upholstery in here. It's fantastic. I mean, orange, they said orange and brown doesn't work, but we disagree. It is a bit garish, but, you know. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would expect. That's how we roll. So, Garrett, as I said, you're editor-in-chief for In Your Pocket for the whole of Poland. That's quite a big remit. What say we focus on the very visitor-friendly city of Krakow, and I've pr- probably pronounced that wrong. That sounds good. That's where I'm based right now. It's the city I've been living in, you know, for... 16 years so and how indeed do you pronounce it Krakow if you want to pronounce it you know Krakow with a Polish accident okay you would say Krakow 
because it's spelled K-R-A-K-O-W, so it could be Krakow. You know, I've gotten used to it. Most people say Krakow, most foreigners and travelers, I guess. But, you know, we like to put the little diacritic above the O and give it the, the O sound. And the W in Polish is pronounced like a V sound, so it's Krakow, or almost like an F at the end. And you obviously are American. What brought you to Krakow in the first place? Um, I think it was just kind of a happy accident, I would say. I was, you know, traveling after I finished university, and I just kind of washed up here. I I guess it was very affordable. It's still a very affordable city, but it was extremely affordable for me at the time as someone who didn't really have a job or much uh, money, and I found it to be a place where I could sustain myself without actually having any, <laughs> any money. Any so money. And how long, have, how long have you lived there now? One thing led to another. Um, since 2006, so right. it's like 16 years or something. And how does an American fit into Krakow? At the time when I first when I first arrived there were there was a pretty small expat community but very visible one like it was very closely knit and kind of as soon as you arrived in town you immediately became connected especially around we have a fantastic American English bookstore in Krakow called Massalit Books and Cafe and that was kind of like a cultural center for for expat culture at the time What are the sort of tourists you see there are they from the UK the rest of Europe America further afield Asia? Well, the Brits do make themselves extremely visible. Right. No, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good way. <laughs> especially in the evenings. But um, no, it's mostly, it's mostly, it's, it is mostly British tourists because of the, because of the cheap airfare, I would say. But also we get lots of Germans. It depends. In Krakow, you get, well, I mean, tons of Polish tourists. It's kind of like a required, um, like a pilgrimage site almost for anyone, for anyone in Poland. And for somebody who's never been, paint a picture of it. From what I remember, it's quite a medieval city, maybe. There's a, a big old town square anyway. But It is. Krakow is, is a very sort of magical, kind of nostalgic sort of place in terms of the vibe and the atmosphere. It's very much the quintessential kind of postcard European, like it's full of Renaissance era architecture. It has the largest market square, medieval market square in Europe and it's just full of, you know, beautiful churches as an extremely Catholic country, but they're just, you know, gorgeous churches on every block and the architecture is full of spires and arches and it's it's got a castle, it's on the river, it's very it's it's just like oozing this kind of old world nostalgia. So it's a perfect place to go to if you want to kind of feel like you're traveling back in time. I've had many a happy experience there. It is a beautiful, very walkable city. I think in 2019, Krakow had like 13 million tourists. And every year since being in the being in the industry, we kind of track these things. I mean, it go, it's been going up like a million tourists per, per year, like every year since, since I arrived, basically. So it's becoming more and more known as a destination. If somebody went over for a weekend, what should they see? Like I said, it has the largest market square in um, the largest medieval. I have to qualify that with medieval, I guess, um, market square in Europe. So you have to start there, and you'll hear the the hey now. It's like the bugle call from the tower of St Mary's Church, which is right on the corner of the market square. Got this massive cloth hall in the center of the market square, which is basically is a medieval. Um, market center that today is kind of like a gigantic souvenir market mm. kind of like an indoor like a medieval shopping mall basically <laughs> uh when you were talking about i have been in that medi medieval 
souvenir tourist market. I bought a pair of slippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're Excellent. they're quite Excellent. traditional, aren't they? The sort of woolly, furry <laughs> slippers with some embroidery <laughs> on them. I think. Anything else people should do? So they've gone there. They've bought their woolly slippers. Um, they've mm-hmm. bought their fridge magnet. Where else should they go? Well, you have to see the castle. Obviously, Vavil Castle it's on the river, and this is kind of the um, this was the old royal castle because Krakow was for a long time the capital of Poland. So this was the seat of kings during the medieval times. Um, so that's just full of exhibitions about the history of Poland, but it's also free to just kind of to just enter and walk around and enjoy the gardens and the architecture, all the courtyards, beautiful Renaissance courtyards. And, you know, there's a lot to see. There's also the monument of the dragon and the dragon, Krakow has a a legend of a uh, dragon that used to live under the castle. And you can also go down through the, through the cave that the dragon used to dwell in. Wow. Is this a real, did this really happen? Was there really a dragon? Obviously, okay. and you can see the dragon bones <laughs> hanging outside Vavil Cathedral, which is part of the castle complex. Well, then so. it must be true. When Andrea was buying her woolly slippers, yeah. I was in the medieval um, shopping mall, as you so delicately put it, Garrett. <laughs> uh, not at the same time, but buying amber. We can't mm. leave Krakow without talking about the amber. Surely that's the number one souvenir, would you say? But probably for all of Poland. Yeah, I mean, obviously the reason that Krakow has such a massive market square is because of the amber trade. So it was a, you know, it was a key point on the the amber road. So yeah, amber is extremely popular. I wouldn't say it's necessarily from Krakow, but it comes from the Baltic, obviously, to the north, and then it comes down the amber road to us. And yeah, the the cloth hall is a great place to buy amber at at quite affordable prices. And after you've uh, got all your amber and your slippers bought, where do you go for a bit of food and drink that is authentic Krakow? Well, the other the other place we have to talk about in Krakow, I guess, is the, the Jewish district, Kazimierz, which is a bit further to the south from the old town. Everything, as you mentioned earlier, everything in Krakow is extremely um, compact and walkable. So you have the old town, which is the nucleus of that, is the market square. It's surrounded by a park, like a green park, called the Plante, which is where the medieval city walls used to be before they were turned down and replaced with this lovely green promenade. And they uh, ring basically from the castle around the old town. And then if you go south from there, you're in the old Jewish quarter, which is still today um, just has an amazing vibe in terms of, I don't know how to put it exactly, but the, the one place in Europe where you can most feel this sort of this pre-war Jewish heritage that used to be prevalent across this part of Europe. And there's also the two two main squares in that neighborhood, which have not only, they're not only a destination for sightseeing and tourism, but also a really cool area with kind of an artsy bohemian vibe where you can get street food and just ama- lots of lots of amazing cafes. So um, that's well, definitely a great area to hang out in the, in the evenings for food and, and drinks. And what sort of food would there be? I remember, was it, is it like sort of cabbage and meat and potatoes, that sort of thing? Well, I Colin love things like that. The, it is Peasant the food. country of cabbage and, pota- cabbage and potatoes, certainly. <laughs> um, you had me at cabbage. Think... Yeah, if that doesn't get them, nothing will. <laughs> yeah, and pierogi, everyone's, everyone's pierogi, that's you know, right. had pierogi. But um, there that's are a couple the other things like Krakow. Yeah, stuffed dumplings. What would people drink that would be 
traditionally either Polish or Krakowian? Well, Poland has always been more of a more of a vodka country than a beer country, although the craft beer revolution has definitely exploded in Poland in the last in the last decade. So there's an amazing craft beers like contemporary IPAs and all the all the modern craft beers that I think are but if we're talking about Poland, I think we have to talk about vodka. And so you have nalewki, which are not just like clear vodkas. We're thinking of like, you know, the kind of clear vodkas that you associate with paint thinner, but more of these <laughs> like fruit-based tinctures, Right. I guess. Yeah. So you've got cherry vodkas and quince vodkas. And then there are a lot of herbal vodkas as well that are a bit hard to describe, but they're like digestive vodkas. So these are, these are very popular and you can get them in any restaurant, in any shop. People make them themselves at home, and they're delicious. Would you drink that as a as, shot? As a souvenir as well. Yeah, you drink it as right. a shot. You can you can drink some of them on ice, actually. I enjoyed doing that. Every time we have somebody on, Garrett, talking about their city from a tourism perspective, Henri always gets them talking about alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's some sort of a counselling session or something, but it's like every every country has its own alcohol and, you oh, know, it's like true. food and drink. That's how you get to know a city and its people or a country. You you find out uh, through yes. the food and drink. Yeah, but you're like in a little piece of heaven. You're in a wee world of your own, Andrew. Yeah. You're loving life talking about the vodka. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm just thinking about vodka. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, you are. Gareth, that sounds great for the city itself. If people want to venture outside the city for a day trip where what sort of place would they go there are a lot to choose from but the most popular would certainly be vilichka which is only about a 15 minute train ride um, from krakow and that's the that's a medieval salt mine which has been a tourist attraction for centuries actually and you know many famous people like goethe and copernicus and all kinds wow. of heads of state have have traveled there and gone to deep deep underground you can lick the walls but it's also <laughs> kind of a it's it's not just about the i guess the mining heritage it's so old that i think there's there's an uh, there's interest from people from like an engineering and historical standpoint but it's also filled with art it's filled with sculptures that the that the miners themselves have carved out of salt rock and some of them are quite spectacular i mean you basically have underground cathedrals in in these uh giant chambers so it takes the better part of a day to visit because it's so huge and there are a lot of different options on how to visit and what part you can visit but it's a pretty cool experience that a lot of people really enjoy and also those auschwitz would be the other major destination that a lot of people feel feel obliged to to visit which is a bit further away about two and a half hour it's a quite a traumatic place to visit but something i feel is almost like a, ne- a necessity for future generations. I agree. I think every, everyone who comes to Krakow kind of has to has to wrestle with that decision of whether or not they're going to visit Auschwitz because it's so close. And my opinion is that it's, it's absolutely worth visiting. Um, it's just very evocative, really moving, powerful experience. And I think everyone is better off for, for visiting there. Yeah. Garrett, if people want to find out more about Krakow, 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 uh, mm-hmm. how do they find it out? How do they find uh, Krakow in your pocket? Just visit our website, start there, krakow.inyourpocket.com. Um, you can also, when you come to town, you'll find our maps and our guides around town. We also have a newsletter, which uh, you'll find the sign up for if you, if you visit us online. So just head to In Your Pocket and search for Krakow. 
That's great advice. Oh, oh, hold on. What's that I hear? I think it might be the bing bongs, Andrea. <laughs> that could be your flight being called, uh, Garrett. Uh, are you off anywhere nice on uh, in your pocket air? I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, Bit of a check, mystery check your, <laughs> check your ticket. Grab my cape and cowl and just, and just run. <laughs> well, listen, thanks so much for the Thank chat. Thank you. It's been really great, and hopefully we'll all get a chance to see you in real life in the beautiful medieval city of Krakow. Bye. Please Bye. Do visit. Thank you guys very much. Bye. Heidi. Yes. Do you remember at the start of the episode, I give you three clues and asked you to guess where in the world was I? Do you know my brain isn't what it used to be? I genuinely can't remember. Oh, hold on. There was something about sheep. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, there are more sheep than people in this place. In fact, with 70,000 sheep, there are 20,000 more sheep than there are inhabitants. Does that mean there are 50,000 people? It does mean that there are approximately 50,000 people. Second clue, the Prime Minister's phone number is in the phone book. If you give me the number and I ring them now, <laughs> will they answer? Oh. And they give me like a talk. And he could, or she, Uh-oh. could give us the answer. Yeah. And third clue, it's home to the oldest existing parliament in the world, which first met in the year 825. I'm just going to give you a couple more. Now, you did throw out an answer. Yeah. But I'm just going to give you a couple more clues. Do I need a couple more clues? Well, you thought it might have been the Isle of Man. Is that your final answer? No, it's not my final answer. Here's one more, because I did like this, and I was going to use this in my top three. Mm -hmm. No point in this place is further than three miles from the sea. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, I'm all over the place yeah because then i thought it was iceland yeah you did think it was iceland oh disaster yeah so you thought it was the isle of man you thought it was iceland and there's lots of sheep i mean i'm thinking lots of sheep i mean i was thinking the falkland islands oh i love this oh no have you you beaten me Oh, am I not I'm not allowed any more guesses you I can, have you three, can, you can three have more, guesses you can have more guesses I hate not knowing this people who live here have an average lifespan of 82.6 years it just sounds perfect which is the 12th longest average lifespan in the world I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give it to you <laughs> You for this is it episode seven and you've managed finally I to beat am me to the it. champion, my friend. I'm not a very good singer, but that was a allusion to our musical top five. Please. Okay, do you want to know the answer? Yes. The answer is the Faroe Islands. Oh, I nearly said that, but I thought three miles. I thought they were bigger than that. Yeah, well, that doesn't not. matter. I didn't say it, Andrea. And you I didn't. have been there. Yeah, really. On a day trip off a cruise. Oh, I'd love to go. I do. I do really want to go. Well, the Faroe Islands lie about halfway between Scotland and Iceland, which you did mention in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It consists of eighteen main islands and hundreds more islets and skerries. It's best known for its bird life and unspoiled. Landscape. And are you going to talk about the um, the on the tunnels under sea tunnels that connect some of the islands? I wasn't, but you can. I've just done it. That's it for this our seventh. Can you believe it? Seventh travel in your pocket podcast. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun, Andrea? It certainly does, Heidi. And speaking of which, I have a few more listeners to name check. 
Thank you everyone for interacting via our socials. Nikki via email said hilarious and informative. Love it. Thanks, Nikki. Terry via GoodPod said, love the interview on Bulgaria. Now I want to travel there. And rightly so. And GoodPod, did you mention GoodPod? Good are pods. we number one? We are. Ooh. Well, we were anyway. <laughs> we were number one on the GoodPod's places and travel list. And Stu via Apple says, wildly fun. Oh, I like Stu. Oh, I've also got another one. Yvonne from Facebook says, like sitting in a pub, listening to people you like, tell you all the things you need to know about all the places you need to go. Sitting in a pub while she's speaking your language. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's it for now. Uh, Our thanks as ever to 3D Shark for providing our pithy music stings. We're away for a lie down to get over our virtual, or in your case, Andrew, because you're never not traveling actual jet lag <laughs> well you're just jealous but we'll be back real soon with a very special upcoming travel in your pocket from a visitor attraction with a truly global appeal Ooh, Ooh. see you then bye